Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy, hot body Dawson, pow, pow, pow. Uh, I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Friday episode, sorry it's a bit late, it's none of your business, why? Um, <laughs> we just had a little chat beforehand before we began because you're using some um, unsuitable earphones which uh, tend to leak out the sound of, of me speaking into them mm. and it makes it the editing it. process a little bit trickier yeah. uh, for me. Um, so a lot I'll trickier, give you a, I would imagine, because you've got to go give through... You, mm, this is yeah. an automated way you've established to do it. There is and there isn't. There's, right, there's okay. more than one process that needs to be done mm. in order to try and eradicate it. You might be able to hear my voice echoing in the background of this whole episode. Mm. I hope you won't because I'll have used those processes in a very professional and skilled manner. Uh, but you were saying that you need to be charging your phone at the same time phone, as doing when this. When my so. phone is low on batteries, I can't yeah. plug in my professional studio headphones in, <laughs> in directly into the phone, so I have to use my AirPods that I yeah. have uh, so I can mm. go wireless um, while simultaneously charging my um, mm. phone in a wireless cradle. And um, that is just called simul charging, which is a a word and a technique that I invented. The simul charge means that I can talk to you and interact and record the podcast while simultaneously charging it. Um, So I don't don't like to boast about these things. I mean, I'm not saying I'm Elon Musk, but yeah, I did invent, I did invent simul simul charging. Yeah. Are you going to trademark that then, and you, and you know maybe do mm. TED talks about it and yeah, try I'm and going to do an, it. an app as well, and it's going right. to be like all tech startups. It, the, it'll be, have a tone like this: Hi, we're Simulcast. What we do is simple. We bring together podcasting with phone charging and with simul charging. <laughs> we know there's millions of people around the world with that with this problem. That's why we at Simul Charge decided to solve it. You know what I mean? They if always... you're, hang on, if, if you're charging the phone on a wireless cradle, how come you can't plug the headphones in as well at the same time? The, because the cradle <laughs> requires it to sit on a mini shelf so it is propped up right. so I can look at you and communicate oh, face-to-face right. how we like, right? Yeah. And because of the way it sits, I, like I have to no access you. to the plug. <laughs> I have no access to the plug. The only way I could get around this is if I chose I not to, to see, see you. you I Sam. need to see you. I like to read your uh. eyes while we pod. <laughs> Look into all of the emotions that flicker well, across your eyeballs. It, it's kind of it's reminiscent of John Lennon and Paul McCartney when they used to talk about how they used to write songs together in the early days. Mm. They'd sit facing each other with their guitars just Did a couple they, yeah. of feet apart on chairs mm. and they'd, they'd create these songs 
you know, knocking ideas backwards and forwards. And we're kind of like that. But I mean, a lot of people don't know this, miles. but when we first started pre-lockdown, top by time machine, we used to sort of fairly often get together for the first six months. We used to fairly often get together to make these in a studio. Mm-hmm. And we would always, it's an interesting fact for any historians of, of the podcast out there, we would always sit very close in the studio mm-hmm. and each of us would have one hand on the other one's opposing me. Yeah, we did. We did. We <laughs> and felt and that what was good for me, because obviously I'm someone who likes um, a reward system in everything that I do, <laughs> is every time validation. I said something that Andy deemed to be amusing or insightful, he would give me just a small squeeze <laughs> to register approval. Yeah, uh, yeah I would. Uh, if I ever, in the, in the unlikely event, we ever saying something that he actually thought, now that's really funny, he'd do a little double. Mm. Squeeze, squeeze. Squeeze, squeeze. Because you <laughs> felt that my laughter wasn't validation enough. You felt that laughter nah. could be faked. People can fake laughter. Like you needed, you needed I like the, the silent validation. Like, yeah, yeah, because, this is good. You know, You've laughter, done well today, boy. You're going to get a biscuit once we finish recording. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not all about the laughter. Like you say, some of the points mm. you make are insightful sometimes. Yeah. And that needs to be rewarded, and that was yeah. What like even me for. revealing my simul charge technique, I mm. I fancy that if we were together in mm. a studio, you'd have given me a knee squeeze for that. Oh, in the olden days, that would be a double knee squeeze. I think yeah, because yeah, you'd no be like, see, it. you're giving the listeners something useful that they can yeah. go and actually use to improve their lives here. Yeah, which yeah. is what and it's all about. And you've given it for free. You've given it away for free. Which well, is, it's content, it's, isn't it? And some, it's rare some people, some people, not all, pay for this, and I think they deserve practical content in yeah. return. Speaking of content, obviously, you know, we make a lot of these podcasts. And oh, oh, before you go any further, just mm. speaking of giving giving us money, don't forget tickets oh, yeah. are on sale for our live shows. They're selling fast. That's all selling I'm saying. Fast, aren't they? Don't fuck about. Don't fuck about, especially the, the London, London one. one's selling super fast. That's the big one, and a lot of yeah. who knew that we had a lot of listeners in London. Yeah, um, I mean November's a long way away, so it seems. But you know, hopefully we'll be all be back to normal together, packed into a tight, unventilated theatre. Yeah, uh, laughing out loud for Cannot almost two hours. Wait to see all of the canters face to face in Manchester, Glasgow. Manchester, Glasgow, I'm not going to list all the places, Nottingham, but all these uh, wonderful London, places. Newcastle, Liverpool, Brighton. Mm. Brighton. That was wonderful last them, yeah. time. It was. So, yeah. But you were going to say, yeah, content. So, content. So, we, you know, obviously, when you pod to the degree that Andy and I pod, sometimes you, you rarely, but sometimes you think, where's the content coming from? Mm. Is there enough content for us to sustain another podcast, right? Mm. And we're power I, podders, aren't we? I, I, we power pod. And I found myself actually thinking at times, I think I've accidentally at times started living my life around content that I can discuss on this podcast. <laughs> example. Yep. Example. This week, and it wasn't out of the blue, but I won't tell you exactly how, what the backstory of this conversation was. But I... Quite seriously, the kids were at school. My wife and I were at home having lunch together. And we were having a conversation about an intimate private matter that shouldn't be aired. But to cut a long story short, I ended up saying to my wife, listen, I think I would like to say that I am very willing to have a vasectomy. 
Wow. And she went, oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, maybe, blah, blah, blah. And we start talking about that. And I go, but she didn't seem to jump on the proposal. And I, mm. so then I ramped up and said, actually, the more I think about it, the more I think, of course I'll have a vasectomy. Why not? You know, I'm 46. We don't want any more children, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'll have a vasectomy. And she's like, well, you know, think about it. It's not essential, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, and this is when it really slipped out what I was doing. I suddenly said in a mixed conversation, I mean, Andy's had one. And she was like, <laughs> oh, my God. She went, you want a vasectomy so you can talk about it on the podcast, don't you? <laughs> and I was about to I was about to say no, but I held myself back. Like when I was a younger man, I would deny accusations, whereas now I really try hard to be reflective Try all the time honest, yeah. so if anyone yeah. tries to accuse me of things often mm-hmm. my first instinct is to really dig deep into whether or not it's true mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so i went no and then i sort of stopped and i reflected i did some speed reflection reflect reflect mm. reflect reflect and i went yeah that is part of it i went is i said it's not entirely the reason i think it would be practical for me to have one but yeah. it would be an experience and i could talk about it in the build-up and I yeah. could talk about it during the pod, uh, like when it happened and the aftermath and all that stuff. It would be fascinating for everyone. And I could, I could I, get an episode tell, of Time Machine and the reset out of it. Yeah, exactly. Double bubble. Hi, this is the reset. This week, we're talking about vasectomies. I've had one. Have you? <laughs> I'm joined by the man who just did my vasectomy. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Martin Cocktube. <laughs> no, surely you need to come up to Sunderland to get it done by the contractor. I would, yeah. It's probably cheaper up there as well. No, no offence, but if, I reckon I it's like if, when you buy a car, if you go out of London, it's always cheaper. Yeah, I don't know if vasectomy tourism is a thing. But uh, we can look <laughs> into it. Like, cause I'm already doing dental tourism, aren't I? I'm planning, I've got well, to go over to are, Hungary yeah. to have my teeth smashed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, yeah, by the way, that, they yeah. are. My brother-in-law warned me when I told him I was going to Hungary to get my teeth smashed out. He went, listen... I go to Hungary for all of my dentistry, always have done. I mean, he is Hungarian, right? But he's always yeah. lived in London. But he went, he went, I'll fucking warn you, though. He goes, it is cheap. He went, mm. but it's not like going to a fucking dentist here. Right? <laughs> and I was like, what? He went, they do not fuck around. He goes, if you fucking ask them for a local anaesthetic, if they're doing anything other than something like fucking super extreme people, yeah. they look at you look like you're a cunt. Ignore you and just fucking yeah. just pin Carry pin on. you down have by you, the chest and start. I was going to say, have you have you ever had a stranger's knee upon your chest unexpectedly? Because that no. will happen. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I'm assuming that's what vasectomies are like in Sunderland as opposed to London mm-hmm. as well. Just Come like on. dentistry, but the other end, knee on the chest. You're a cockney, are you? <clears throat> ah, mm. Good. Well, in that case, I'm fucking doubled. I'll do this one gratis because it will mean one less fucking cockney sperm in the world. <laughs> we got another you already. <laughs> no charge. I do cockneys free. I might put a, might put a sign in the window. <laughs> Pro bono. <laughs> Pro bono for cockneys. <laughs> Stop them breeding. So, uh, so where's where, so how far has this gone then? The vasectomy so idea. We we came to the conclusion where she's like, no, I don't think you need to have a vasectomy. And then mm-hmm. I was out last night with my mate having dinner and I told him, 
I didn't tell him that I was doing it for podcast content, but to be honest, he's got my number. He he, he started to yeah, realise that most things yeah. I do for that. And he's like... He's probably careful about what he says to you anyway because he knows it's going to be yeah, turned into podcast content. Yeah, they a bit like that. Which, which you're just about to do now, yeah. Mm. Well, I, well, I'll tell you something amazing, right? I, 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 when... this My mate, right, He's I've talked about him before, but he's half Swedish, right? And he, every year, since he was a baby, right... There's a bit him and they go and meet with the whole wider Swedish family, people from all over, right, on this fucking tiny island in mm. the cataract sea, right? Like, I think like a cataract you have in your eye, right? Yeah. And um, it's a sea that sits between Denmark and Sweden, yeah? And in the middle of this sea, there is a little island. You've got loads of them around Scandinavia, obscure islands that no one's heard of. And it's fucking, it's, it's tiny, and remote and no one's heard of it yeah. but him and his family the, the extended family have all met there every year since he was tiny and they're on this remote beach there's no cars there right I think mm. there's two jeeps on the whole island but they're used for like medical emergencies and such right it's all forest in the middle and around the edge it's all like these incredible beaches like deserted mm. beaches unfortunately being Scandinavia you don't get that much sunshine but on a sunny day it's, <laughs> uh, you might as well be in the fucking Caribbean. Like the beaches are yeah. unspoiled, like perfect perfection. I got to say, it didn't sound that good. <laughs> and it's <laughs> no, and it's no a, cars, a, Wi-Fi, no, 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 no. But they love it, you know. Christ. That's that's part of the appeal for them. And there's yeah, a okay. there's a um, lighthouse, the very remotest far end of the island, <clears> right, <throat> with a lighthouse keeper's cottage attached to it, quite a large one, and that's where they all stay, right? Loads of them. And it's there's a commune vibe to it, yeah. Mm. Anyway, one I the reason I know so much about it is once upon a time I was doing I, I I got a gig doing some travel writing for the Observer. <laughs> I managed to fucking get myself in with them cunts, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I did a bit of travel writing. It was it was around the period when I saved that pizzeria in um oh yeah of course Coma. yeah <clears throat> off the back of the saving of the pizzeria. The Observer were like, we would like you to do more travel writing. I'm like, fucking hell, not much. Free holidays, don't mind if yeah. I do. But I had to come <laughs> back with ideas. So I said, my mate knows this fucking tiny island in the Cataract Sea. No cunt's heard of it. Your fucking daft Ponzi readers will lap this up. <laughs> Let's make it massive and fucking ruin it. Yeah, we'll get a fucking arcade with some coining built there. We'll make a fortune. <laughs> they loved it, right? So me, me and him, so he took me there. You got to fly to Denmark and then get a ferry oh, across. Yeah, yeah. It was that time when we, they opened a theme park for us on the way, and then he had yeah. to feed sharks when I fucked That's off right. to go shopping. Yeah, it was that time, and then in the end, the story didn't run because I wrote it up. But then that fucking nutter went mental on the Norwegian island, shooting everyone, and they yeah. were like, oh, "I think it's a bit raw for us to publish something about a, um, you know, a, Scand- a remote Scandinavian island after this massacre took place." <laughs> I went, well, I still want paying. Anyway, he told me last <laughs> night we were talking about this island. It's not my fucking fault geezer went mad with a gun. I want my money, right? Certainly. Um, I got my contract, money. Contract, contract. The, the main thing is I got my money, but they never published yeah, it. But I was talking to him about this island last night. I can't believe he never told me. He goes, yeah, well, some weird shit does happen on that island. I mean, what with the swan man? And I went, who's the swan man? He goes, I must have told you about the swan man. I went, believe me. If there was a story about the Swan Man on a remote fucking Swedish <laughs> island, I, I, 
I, I've got a memory for that shit. Right? I would have logged it. I would have fucking logged that long ago. He said that, like, in the off-season, when there's only about fucking maybe 80 people who live on the whole island, right, but none of them live near this lighthouse keeper's cottage because it's fucking miles away, right? Someone, this sounds like something from a movie, but it's true. Someone from a fucking mental asylum on the mainland escaped, at like, mm. literally an escape, something that you think only exists in fiction, an escaped mental patient, right, yeah. gets out of the asylum in Denmark or whatever, fucking stows away on a ferry, right, gets mm-hmm. to this island and halt, right, He and he uh, finds his way to the lightkeeper's cottage, right, that is all boarded up, because during the off-season they board it all up to protect it from storms, rips barehanded all of the fucking boards off of the cottage, goes in and squat and is squatting there, right? Yeah. And the locals start to realise there's someone there, but every time they go to investigate... He's not about, but so it becomes this mystery. Like we know there is a man, there is a record. The police are looking for an escaped mental patient. That they, their investigations have alerted us that he's here. We know there's been activity, but we can't find him. So in the end, two police come over from the mainland and they do a proper search, and the locals all go down there in the in the jeeps and all the rest of it, right? And they find the cunt right in the sand dunes that surround the cottage, hiding in the sand dunes, right? And he's running around. And he's he's basically he's he's found a swan, right? He's killed it, right? But then he's tied it to his back with the wings out across his own arms and the Jesus neck Christ. running up the back of his own neck and the head become, pointing out over the top of his head, right? He's become a simul simul swan. Yes, he became a simul swan and they found him charging around, right? the fucking sand dunes with his arms out, flapping them with these swan wings attached, making a fucking swan whatever they make. They don't quite quack, do they? Cry, swan cry. A swan crying like a swan, which, by the way, is a Duran Duran B-side from the 80s. (laughs) B-side hungry like the wolf. Crying like, crying a, like swan. a swan. What are we going to put on the B side, Simon? I'm not so up called crying like a swan. It's a story I heard. It's basically hungry like the wolf, but we'll just change the tune a bit. Slow it down. Because I'm crying <laughs> like a swan. Slow it down, and then we haven't got to write as many words because the song doesn't last as long. Nick Rhodes is like, the thing is, Simon, I don't know if swans do cry. Of course they fucking cry. Don't tell me what swans do. <laughs> Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
Jalapeño. So what happened with this one, man? Well, the police captured him and put him um, back in that in the home. Um, took him back to the mainland and put him back in the home. But the story of the swan man haunts them forever because yeah. you feel you're so safe and remote on that island. But if an escaped mental patient has managed to find his way there and fucking kill a swan and attach it to himself mm. and then become a simul swan, then it just goes to show, mate, you're not safe anywhere, really, are you? I mean, it's 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 it, by itself, it's not a massive act that he did for the real world, the normal world, if you like. But somewhere like that, where nothing ever happens, that's massive. I know, exactly. I mean, this is like... I mean, to be honest, if it happened in Barnes, it would be a story. Maybe if it happened in Sunderland, it wouldn't be a story. You'd all be like this. Oh, hi, Swan Man. Yeah, he's he's a funny lad. (laughs) (laughs) He'd just be a local character. Yeah, Yeah, he would, yeah. It'd be like... I mean, no offence to the North, this is what I love about the North, but... In the north, and I only know this from you know everyone I know who is a northerner has so many stories of local characters, and local characters like the Swan Man, I think is sort of a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. it's like that lad up the street who eats crawls for you know. Yeah, is it the crawl man, the crawl eater? <clears throat> I mean, we had. You're more used to eccentrics. We had two local characters I can think of. One was called uh, Jimmy Jesus, who had a really long beard and long hair, and he would wander the streets all day. Jimmy Jesus. Um, And I can't remember if he's the same one. There was another fellow who had kind of grown his hair into dreadlocks, but they just become matted. Yeah. So they look like a sort of platypus's sort of... What's the thing on the front of a platypus? Like a beak, just on, on the back of his head, like a big paddle. Uh, and there was another fella, and I can't remember what his name was, but he, he had, like, long white hair and a beard, and he used to walk around the, the city all day long with suitcases full of newspapers mm-hmm. and bundles of newspapers all tied together. And uh, no one really knew what his story was either. But uh, <laughs> every every town's got a local character or a history of a local character, haven't Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say send yours in. I'd say send yeah. yours in, but then it, it, then you delve into the, the world of, like, you're kind of celebrating people with... Mental illness. mental illnesses. And we don't really don't do just that. say, oh, there was a person who jabbered to himself and was homeless, because mm. homelessness isn't funny. Um, mm. But if there's someone who's done something that you deem to be as crazy as tying a swan to themselves and running around <laughs> crying like a swan, if you think it hits <laughs> that sort of benchmark or higher, then yeah. please do get in touch and label your email local character. <laughs> <laughs> or use the hashtag local character. <laughs> um, um, we were gonna you you were gonna tell me about um you've had a, a run in with a tree surgeon this week, Sam. The tree yes. surgeons came to do their job. When they came before just one man came and he told me lots of tree information, which I think I've already First, regurgitated here. Many, one man come. Then he assess tree. Came. He speak to tree. He give me tree information. <laughs> then he go away. And many Later, men come many back. Many men return. <laughs> it was a fucking interesting setup. Three men came back, right? <laughs> and one of them was it was like it was mad. It was like I established that one was the tree surgeon. And he was the mm. youngest, but he looked how you would imagine a tree surgeon. Because, you know, obviously tree surgeon is one of those extremely glamorous jobs. I can't believe that there's not a Netflix drama just about tree surgeons. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's so many about 
real body surgeons, as I call doctors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the body <People> surgeons. surgeons. <laughs> yeah. And there's loads about firemen and policemen, but no one's ever done something about tree surgeons, which is interesting because everyone would love to be a tree surgeon, really, wouldn't they? I mean, it's a great life. Um, is it? <laughs> I think so, yeah. And, okay. uh, and so he comes and he's like really tall and strapping and mm. and really handsome. Like, it's sort of weird. It's like he looks like a tree surgeon from Central Casting. And he's mm. the cunt that gets up in the fucking and it's really it's a, it's a really cool job because he goes up the tree in a harness with a massive chainsaw and starts fucking chopping up the tree. But did he look a bit like Ray Mears? Was he wearing like fucking knee length shorts and boots? He, and, and he looked thick like, socks and all that sort of thing. I tell you, probably the person he reminded me of most was. Do you know Dead Man's Shoes, the film by Shane Meadows? Yeah. You know the main baddie? He's yeah. quite a famous actor, actually. Um, not. Um, let me just find his name. But he looks like the main hard man baddie in right. the uh, film Dead Man's Shoes. I think it's Paul Fraser, maybe. I think that might be his I name. I don't know his name. Uh, no, Gary Stretch. Gary Stretch, of course. Oh, yeah, Gary former Stretch, boxer. Yeah. Former boxer. He looks a bit like Gary Stretch. And right. uh, and then he had these two lads who worked for him who really sort of like revered him. And so he didn't do any talking. He was cool and moody. And the two other lads were quite chatty. And they were telling me what his intentions were for the tree. And I was talking mm. to them and they were like, yeah, well, what he might do is this, this and this. And I think what he's going to do is that. And it was like you couldn't talk to the tree surgeon directly. You could only talk to his like consiglieres, right? Right. Right. He was like mean and moody, waiting out back, preparing mm -hmm. his equipment, and then suddenly he came through the house in a flourish. He'd only deal with questions that have been filtered, pre-approved. Yeah, yeah, pre-approved questions like team. in a press yeah. conference. And then he was up there, and it it was incredible. But I I plugged them for more information about trees um, because they know a lot. I can't remember if I mentioned before, but there is a film that I have to watch on Netflix, and I'd advise everyone else to. We might have to deep dive. It's called Secret Life of Trees. And it's based okay. on, on a book, and they're all really into it. And when I the, the guy who'd come the first time around had told me about it, and it's a documentary, you know, and I and I uh, brought it up with these lads, um, who I was obviously trying to befriend quite heavily, and Jesus. they said, and they said, um, and they said, yeah, when I read the book of that, and uh, when I read it, I practically quit my job, and I went, why? And what? he said, well, what it's about is how trees are they think they're intelligent species they like they they communicate with one another and they almost mm. you start to get a picture of them having basically a soul a spirit right mm. and he went and suddenly he went i'm not lying he went overnight having read this book i started to think my job is murdering trees murdering trees yeah i'm yeah. a tree murderer and yeah. i said mate don't feel like that I said, you're not murdering my tree. You're helping it to flourish because it was in trouble. And now by trimming it back in an intelligent way, rather than just letting me and my son smash it to pieces with it, with the Terminator, just smash branches off, right? I said that you are helping it flourish. He went, yeah, yeah, you're right. Jobs like this make me feel all right. He goes, but sometimes you just get rich people who call up and say, can you cut down this tree? Because I'm fed up of the leaves falling in my swimming pool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
and uh, and you, they go, well, are you sure you don't have to cut the whole tree down? They go, I do, it's just a hassle. Kill it. Kill that fucking tree. Yeah, I tried to sunbathe and the tree yeah. is getting in the way. And uh, anyway, I said, yeah, so I hear, I hear they talk to each other. So there's all sorts of stories about things like if one tree is struggling, the other trees start, um, they, they, they send their roots over to provide energy to the struggling tree. Wow. Do they, they kind even, of whisper to each other? Yeah. Well, yeah, they do that with their the roots. They yeah. do that with their roots. But then the do other they? thing, here's a good one, right? Somewhere in Africa, there's these trees that when the giraffes come and start eating their leaves, the mm. tree immediately, once it realises there's a giraffe fucking eating its leaves, it starts producing immediately tannin to make the taste really disgusting and bitter. Wow. So, so, the, so the giraffes will desist from eating them. But more than that, they then blow the tannin downwind to the other trees, right, warning them that there's a giraffe coming to eat their leaves. So the other trees fucking start developing do that as well. tannin in advance yeah. over time the giraffes cotton on to the system the trees have got going to warn each other so they go yeah. to the opposite end of where the wind blows in order to start on those trees and not deliver a warning Fuck to the me. other trees fucking nature it's fucking mad unbelievable those trees are like fuck there's giraffes I mean, to so them, to the, us, giraffes are beautiful and benign, but to a tree, <clears throat> they're like they're as scary as lions would be to a wildebeest. So like, they, they send giraffe out alert, giraffe alert! Start producing the tannin. All local so they start, trees. They, they send out. They send out what's like something like a tree fart. Yeah. Downwind. Yeah. Fucking hell! It's incredible, isn't it? So you can it, you can realise when you when you learn this about trees and how they're helping each other out, chatting all the time, and that. They feel fear, fear of the giraffe, yeah. right? Yeah. That the, they um, fear a giraffe, another Duran Duran B-side, right? Um, <laughs> Nick Rhodes wrote that one, fear of the giraffe. Based on an actual fear of giraffes. Yeah, he was... The thing is, growing up in Birmingham in the 80s, I was, uh, I was really deeply scared of giraffes. And why wouldn't I be? I mean, look at them. They're bizarre-looking things. <laughs> there weren't many about and there weren't many zoos nearby but we did go on <laughs> one trip to a zoo one time with a school and uh, I got a little bit too close to a giraffe and it bent down and it almost touched my head <laughs> and I cried <laughs> I and thought, cried I and thought cried. it was going to ruffle my hair <laughs> and uh, the teachers they called up my mum uh, but my mum was busy and couldn't come to collect me so I uh, and all the kids laughed at me <clears> for crying saying Nicky Nicky Rhodes they sang Nicky Nicky Rhodes he's scared of giraffes <laughs> and they signed that for eight years until I left school. And I used and to go a... by the name of Nicky Rhodes when I was a kid, but then when I went to college, I changed it to Nick Rhodes, and no Give one knew about what had happened before. Yeah. And I started to wear makeup, so anyone who knew me from the old days wouldn't recognise me <laughs> wouldn't and recognize start laughing me. at me about the giraffe thing. <laughs> Is there more about the tree surgery visit? Because we've kind of one, run out of time. We've got some predictions thing. to do. One last thing, okay. right? I didn't know whether there was going to be a twenty-minute job or not. Just quick. So I got on really well. We could, we could we could do this on Monday if you want. If there's more. No, nah, just real quick. Yeah. I got on really well with them. 
Um, one of them in particular. Your new best friends. I became yeah. so friendly with him. I started engaging him in conversation about the shark. I even got the shark out to show him. When my wife found out about this, she went, this is really sad. She was like, you know, your yeah. desperation to make friends with any tradesman who comes to the house. Mm. And she said, and what else did you show him? I said, I showed him the the Father's Day cards that the kids made me. <laughs> Which I did. I think at that point he was like, this is enough now, mate. You've shown yeah. me your fucking hoover. You've shown me cards. I only came around to chop your tree down. Right. And... Um, and but then so I was like, oh, they're really nice. I wonder if I'll see them again. I might see them around the area. They're good lads, they are. And then, uh, but then I went out to water my strawberries later that day. These strawberries that I've been carefully cultivating since March and have just come start blooming. Right, they've yeah, started to red. I saw the Instagram post. Yeah. Right, I'm so yeah. excited when they started to turn red. I couldn't believe it. I'd never grown anything before, and I was so proud of them. And I went in and the silly cunts, because they'd had to clear space in the garden to do their tree surgery, they picked mm. up my grow bags and just fucking lobbed them. And all the strawberry stalks had broke, so they won't grow anymore. Fucking cunts. That's cuntish, isn't it? Can you see so, them? I, f- I don't know what to do. I feel so let down. And when I discovered this, on this Wednesday I had a really bad day that I won't go into now. <clears throat> but when the strawberries, when I discovered the strawberries, honestly, I nearly cried. Because it was like, you know when it's yeah. the, the straw that broke the camel's back? I was having a yeah. bad day. I'd felt let down by a number of people. And then mm. suddenly this. And I thought they were my friends. And I thought, they're not my friends. They killed my fucking strawberries. And now they're I'm going to tell Len when he comes home from school. Yeah, they're fucking hypocrites. On one hand, you've got this bloke fucking having an existential crisis because he thinks he's a tree murderer. And then on the other yeah. hand, they're just chucking strawberries around. He murdered my fucking them. strawberries, you cunt. I didn't see you shed any tears over that. Where's your fucking documentary called you, The Secret wh- Life of Strawberries? Yeah. Where do you draw the line, wanker? Yeah, so, tree surgeons. <sighs> okay. Don't fucking trust the cunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, T-shirt right. idea. Euro, Euro predictions. Let's just finish off with them before mm. we go. Uh, healthy week for you, Sam. Uh, five points uh, from the five matches that we predicted at the start of the week. Uh, results bot got out. I got two. Oh. So uh, Results Bot's now on 15, you're on 14, and I'm wow. on nine. So wow. that's all to play for. All and to we've play only for. Got f- we've only got four matches, because there's only four matches over the weekend before we do an episode on Monday. So oh. we'll just do those four. Um, I'll let you go first on Wales versus Denmark, and this is after 90 minutes. Okay, uh, Wales two, Denmark one. Wow. Come on, Wales. I'll go... Uh, 2-0 to Denmark. Sorry, Wales. Um, Italy versus Austria. Um, I think this will be... That's going to be 3-0 Italy. I'll say 2-0 Italy. 2-0 Italy. Netherlands versus Czech Republic. Oh, all these matches sound fucking great, don't they? they? Do good, yeah. Knockout they games. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Netherlands, Holland Czech Republic. Versus Czech Republic. I will say 2-0 Holland. Two not Holland. I will. Um, I'll go. I'll also go two nil Holland. Sorry about that. Um, Belgium versus Portugal. Finally. Oh fuck me! This is a What's good one. Um, whoa. Um, oh, two two. I'd love it to be two two. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna say one all. Okay, that's the predictions. That's the episode. 
it's the weekend. Like we say, we've got those four brilliant matches coming up Saturday and Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. Um, enjoy your life. It may be over soon. Mind your strawberries. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.